welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I am joined by no jokes this week, Ryan. We've got no jokes this week. It's uh, it's all serious football talk all the time. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, That's are, right, you, Patrick, are you... We're into November. It's, it's time to buckle down. It's, yeah. it's enough of the fun and games. We're here to win championships. Um you know, it's not it's not about having fun anymore. It's about executing, just doing your job. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're calling this month the grind, which has worked really well for every uh, entity that has done that in college football. When you call something yeah. the grind, it works. Uh, we have a uh, a week ten to recap here that started slow, like we said it was going to in the watch list. Basically, nothing to talk about from the first. Uh, you know, the Saturday noon from the weeknight games, there was enough on the weeknights to, to tide us over, but the the vast majority of week 10 worth talking about. So just the vast majority of week 10 happened in the afternoon and then at night. Um, once the, uh, once it turned into the, to the evening slate, things really got going. We've got two uh, certified, I'm about to bust narrative busters of the year to talk about. But before we do that, we've got some weeknight games. We've got some noon games. Ryan, how are you doing after, uh, after week 10? How are you holding up? Uh, you know, Patrick, I'm in there. I'm having fun. Um, I've decided that we're actually going to be recording our podcast at 80 mile per hour gale force winds this weekend, yeah. um, just to give ourselves a challenge and see if we can, you know, see if we can just uh, uh, push through those wins and kind of, you know, uh, prove how tough we are by podcasting there. So that's my big game plan. Yeah. Uh, how about you, man? What's how's life for you been? Lately, dude? Well, yesterday I was actually in gale force winds. I was out taking pictures at Utah State versus New Mexico, and it did start to uh, rain and be, and be very windy at the end of the game. And so I sort of uh, huddled away in a uh, what I think a lot of people would describe as sort of a hut uh, or, or perhaps sort mm-hmm. of a, a, a lean to. Yeah, perhaps sort of a, a hidey hole, uh, like some sort of maybe a mongoose. I, I kind of uh, I did it like a mongoose might do or maybe a prairie dog. And that was uh, that was sufficient enough to make it so that I didn't uh, kill my camera, which would have been bad. Uh, usually not good to kill your camera with water. Um, but that's something that we're still looking into. Scientists are still evaluating that to see if it's good or bad for cameras to be wet. Nobody really knows for sure. Um, yeah. If you, like us, Do you, are, do you like to get wet? Uh, no, no comment on, the, on that at this time. <laughs> uh, if you, like us, are, are diving all the way in, if you're, you're fully locked in, ready to go for the month of November, uh, there's only web. There's only one website for you. If you try to go to a different website, you will be killed instantly. You need to go to meetatmidfield.com. This is imperative that you that you do this. You need to go to meetatmidfield.com, and you need to subscribe using the code Elon. If you use the code Elon, you can get it for eight dollars a month instead of twelve ninety nine. And there's nothing else that you could spend that eight dollars on. This isn't in reference to anything. It's just eight dollars a month. You get meet at midfield. You get the forums, which once again were popping, I cannot say enough about the forums on game day. Dude, they we hit almost two thousand combined posts on the game threads. Yeah, it's it's uh, an unbelievable amount of posting power that we have during these games. The energy just sort of radiating off of the forums as Clemson and then also Alabama lost was unbelievable. It was it was off the charts. We were we were filling up the pages at an unbelievable clip. Um, it's yeah. a uh, I've been doing a thing lately, just because, as you know, I'm like a I'm freakishly and bizarrely competitive yeah that i've been like checking message boards particularly like ohio state ones that i subscribe to <laughs> uh-huh. that are like uh easily like three or four times our size it's a subscriber count yeah but just seeing what their activities like on a game day and we are like doubling or shuffling them up on like post count just yeah. our we have 
we have recruited the most rabid, insane posters on the planet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, we we have we have got people doing numbers on the midfield boards, especially on game day. But really, all week we've got all sorts of stuff over there, and that's just one of the things that you get for your subscription. You also get other things, and that's really the big that's the big selling point is that on top of some things, you will get other things with your subscription. So if you want to go over there and use that code Elon E L O N in honor of our favorite college, uh, you can get the uh, the subscription. <laughs> for $8 a month rather than $12.99. Football is legal again. Football is <laughs> legal. Folks, we're bringing it back. They're letting us play football again. We're all very excited about it. Meet at midfield.com and meet at midfield on Twitter. Weeknight games, Ohio 45, Buffalo 24. This was one of the first games of the, of the week, right? Uh, and Ohio mm-hmm. just really just takes it to Buffalo. <laughs> really, really just takes it to takes it to him, uh, and takes control of the Mac East in the process, takes control of its own destiny in the Mac East, uh, pulls away late here. It was, it was still a pretty close game into the final frame, but, uh, Ohio just, just created turnovers when it needed to. Buffalo had three turnovers in this game. Ohio made the plays that it needed to when it needed to, uh, threw the shit out of the football, almost 60% success rate through the air behind Curtis Rourke, who, Outside of a, uh, I would say a pretty bad interception that I, I think went for six, if I'm remembering correctly, at the beginning of the second half, Curtis Rourke was just about perfect in this game. He was so good. He he really, he uh, he, he I don't want to say he won the game for Ohio by himself because they had you know some pretty good efforts on the ground as well. But man, he was so good in this game. Yeah, uh, he was awesome. Ohio's really good too, and, and like as you alluded to, it really still a really fun race here. Uh, in the MAC to end the season, mm-hmm. uh, there are three teams atop the East, tied at four and one in the in the conference, with uh, Ohio, Buffalo, and Bowling Green as well. Yeah, uh, Buffalo already split with those two teams, and Ohio and Bowling Green play each other in the season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really good finish coming up here in the MAC East. Uh, Ohio, you got to give credit to him because we dogged Melvin so much when he got this job. Yeah, uh, they've they're having a fantastic season. They're now six and three. At least they control their own destiny. Um, huge win for them here, uh, and they have potential to. I mean. I think they're arguably going to be favored in every single game down the stretch. Uh, they have back-to-back uh, away games at Miami, Ohio, and Ball State coming up before that home game against Bowling Green. Um, no reason they shouldn't be able to win all of those. And a nine and three season with a chance to win the uh, MAC championship is uh, better than you know any year that uh, any year we saw previously, right? Like yeah. any year at Solo Chad. Yeah, he, he did um, not did not win the MAC, and nobody nobody was nobody is willing to tell you that except for us. We're the only people who yeah. are aware <laughs> that he did not win the MAC. Um, I yeah. said Jeff Solich, Frank Solich, so I meant. Honestly. Yeah, big uh, big game here from Sam Wigloos, uh, favorite of the show. We have talked about before a former Ohio State wide receiver walk on there, and that's why you like him. Too. Yeah, that's why I like him. Six catches for 131 yards and two touchdowns. He's very good. Uh, Curtis Work, like I said, has been playing out of his mind. Um, I uh, I wrote back in the early stages of the off season when I was previewing Ohio that like the roster was in not great shape, especially on offense. And basically the thing that they needed if they were going to do anything this year was for Curtis work to be his brother. Uh, and he is, he is absolutely, he's just, he just is. He's very, he's very, very good. And that has carried them very far. That defense was rough to start the year and has seemingly rounded into form, but he, uh, he, he has lifted them here and he has carried them to this record. Um, credit to the defense here though, which was extremely good against Buffalo's rushing attack. That is not easy to do. So Ohio is 
well on track, like we said, controls its destiny. Um, we're not going to talk about the Bowling Green game because it was like 13-9, to 9, and I don't care. But I do just real quick want to run up the score on that one because everybody else ignored Bowling Green, and we were brave enough to tell you that they have 450 seniors and they're probably going to go to a bowl game. That remains true. They have 450 seniors, and folks, they're probably going to go to a bowl game. Wasn't that hard to see. Uh, Coastal Carolina 35, App State 28. Coastal Carolina tried to give this one away late and nearly gave the ball back to App State with a chance to tie with about three minutes left until it uh, brought in an injured Grayson McCall for exactly one play. It was like a third and 16 or something like that. Uh, Brought him in for one play. He immediately completes a pass 50 yards down the field. Take him right back off the field and kneel out the game. Um great win for coastal impressive win for coastal they they would they should have won this by more than they did they were up like 35 14 in the fourth quarter um regardless of not really being able to fully close it out very impressive win they maintain control in the Sun Belt East and and not only do they maintain control uh they're almost certainly going to win the thing they they have a uh they have a stranglehold at the top of the Sun Belt East very impressive in what I would absolutely yeah, especially as James today. Madison's kind of, kind of weakened on the stretch yeah. too by the way worth yeah. noting that James, like no no shade to them like they've had a great season but first year in the FBS they're kind of they're kind of seeing the difficulty of what it's like not having as uh, the full scholarship contingent, uh, you know, of four years of depth the way you would other programs. It's kind of showing yeah. late that you're here. Yeah, James Madison um, looks very much like a team that is playing its uh, 10th game or 9th game or whatever it was at a different level of the sport than it is used to, whereas it is, it, it, it's accustomed to playing maybe one or two FBS teams. Now it's playing 12, and it, it, uh, they look like it. They, they, they absolutely just ran out of gas. Um, so very impressive win for Coastal. Very impressive that they are almost certainly going to win the Sun Belt East in what I would absolutely describe as a rebuilding year everywhere except for quarterback. The entire rest of this roster was very, very new, very green too deep, and they're still going to win the division. Very difficult division to win. Um, they're good. There's, it's just a very impressive, very good program. E- even with the disappointing loss to Old Dominion, they are constantly prepared always prepared for these big games and they they always seem to have something for them uh just i love watching these guys cook it's uh it's a really good program that jamie chadwell has built out there i don't expect this but i hope that they will get the uh the shot to play in a new year six bowl because i think it'd be really cool to see them on that uh on that stage yeah. in grayson mccall's last game comes down to them versus Tulane, pretty much right if Tulane yeah. drops a game then i think the the lane is wide open for coastal yeah um if not i think Tulane just kind of hold serve and probably Probably just keep their keep their spot as is if they went out, but we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it as you did, as as you alluded to. Um, next game in this list, our final weeknight game here. Uh, we have Oregon State falling 21-24 on the road to Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington improves to seven and two on the year now. Yep. Um, one of just a handful of teams that are two losses or fewer in a P5 conference um, or at all. Uh, uh, not really their prettiest game. Uh, I don't know no. if you were watching this one. It came down to a, a they they delayed for about half an hour because the lighting was out in the stadium. Not like any terrible storm or anything like that. So they're just kind of a power issue. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had one of our subscribers was, was live in the stadium too and said it wasn't even that bad. You pretty comfortably see anyway, but they still delayed it regardless. Yeah. Um, after the delay, uh, Washington came back out and scored 10 on answer to win uh, and ended up winning 24-21 uh, uh, after uh, trailing 21-14 in the fourth quarter. Um, strong, I mean, strong finish by Washington here. Um, Michael Penix uh, was kind of the only offense going. He wasn't very efficient. He averaged less than six yards an attempt, but uh, was at least able to move the ball somewhat um, despite a couple of bad plays early, including a pretty pretty horrible turnover. Um, but Oregon State just could not move the ball in this Washington defense at all. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, Pat, your thoughts? Yeah, I uh, disappointing for Oregon State, which I think probably deserved to win this game relative to what Washington was putting up until the very end. That the last drive to get the game-winning field goal was impressive, and they were they were competent enough in the fourth quarter. But Washington was not especially good in this game, and, and Oregon State's uh, effort I thought was quite a bit better. They ran the ball a whole lot better. They were doing this without their starting quarterback as well. This was with Ben uh, Golbranson, who is, who is yeah. uh, bad, who is very, very bad. <laughs> 2.8 yards per play for that for that fool. Uh, not good. Not what you want to see. Yeah. Um, Danny Martinez was awesome. We'll, I'll give him that. He, he yeah. counted for like 147 of their what, like 200 and some yards? Yeah. Uh, he was all over the field. This yeah. this Oregon State team has the – this is a, a long-running thing that Oregon State just seems to produce as a program, but this team definitely has the great Oregon State thing where every week it's a different running back who's running for 100 yards. It's like, how many fucking running backs <laughs> do these guys have? Because it's, you know, one week it's Deshaun Fenwick who had two touchdowns here. One week it's Martinez. One week it's J.M. Griffin. One week it's Jack Coletta. Like, you, you never know who it's going to be with these guys. Um, good for Washington for getting this one out for improving, like you said, to seven and two. Um, I think Oregon State was probably more deserving, but ultimately doesn't really matter who was more deserving. Washington won the game. Uh, that's it. That's all for for weeknight games. We're gonna move to Saturday at noon. Air Force thirteen, Army seven. Uh, man, I mean, it's a service academy game. <laughs> Air Force was. Air Force was better at winning the service academy game than Army was. I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. It's just, it is about what you would think based on looking at it. A pretty good game for Hazik Daniels. Not uh, outstanding or anything, but pretty good. Brad Roberts was pretty good. Army just not not at the level that it probably hoped it would be this season, and a lot of it stems from the fact that they have just not found a quarterback. Jamel Jones is not getting the job done back there. Uh, That was going to be the big thing for them. They were experienced elsewhere, but they have not found an answer at quarterback I think that they're going to need to uh, develop one moving forward because I don't think that Jamal Jones or anybody else on this roster is getting it done currently yeah fair enough um, I guess nice for nice for Air Force when the commander-in-chief show up here complete the sweep of Army and Navy yeah um, pretty I, disappointing for them overall I guess and just yeah. in the sense they're they're not going to contend for the Mountain West at all but uh, in a wide open Mountain West too is is yeah disappointing yeah. that they've not, that they've not pulled more from that I honestly I don't really know how they manage that it sucks for them for sure but I guess they could go nine and three here it's still possible they're six and three right now um, I, I have checked to check their schedule down the stretch but I don't think there's I mean, much still left. very much in play they, yeah I don't think there's much left on the yeah. schedule I think they probably will be be able to pull that off. Yeah, they close out the season uh, with a game against New Mexico at home, Colorado mm. State at home, and San Diego State on the road. Okay, uh, no reason they shouldn't go, should not go nine and three. Um, yeah. yeah, I just uh, but, I got to see New Mexico live and up close, and boy howdy, those boys are really bad. The defense is okay, but that offense, one of the worst you'll ever see in the college football level. It is atrocious. Um, yeah, good for Air Force for winning the. Uh, what is it? The Commander in Chief Trophy? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Good, good. They they trophy. they deserved it. They were the best of the three. Good for them on that. But definitely. And it's not funniest too because they they win it as they they respect it the least as well as you can yeah. tell. Of course, the, yeah. the famous allegations of Troy Calhoun recruiting against Army and Navy by saying like, "Look, if you come here, like no one's going to shoot at you, right?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really funny for him to do that. Yeah. Uh, he is. We are a fan of his because of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it all is, respect it, to our king. Yeah, it is always very funny when Air Force wins it because Air Force is definitely and like openly the least serious of the three, and so you know that that just drives Army and Navy fucking nuts. Um, they were deserving this year. They were the best of the three, even if it is a disappointing year for them in conference play. Uh, Wisconsin twenty three, Maryland ten. 
stinky, stinky, not good football team, as it turns out. Offense, not actually, yeah. uh, not actually good. Really, on either side here, nobody could do much of anything. What the. This is going to be a theme for a lot of these games. The weather on Saturday in a lot of the parts, a lot of parts of the country, was not good. Uh, and Maryland, Maryland had its share of issues with that. Graham Mertz was—is this right? Four of sixteen for sixty yards passing. <laughs> is that, is that That's accurate? nasty work. Well, I guess to be fair, like their whole passing game under—I forget the new coordinator's name since they fired Paul Chris. It was, it's, uh, was there previously. It, it's Ingram. It's Bobby Ingram. Ingram, thank you. That's right. Yeah. But. Uh, Basically, the whole thing that he's figured out that works with uh, with Graham Mertz is just rolling him out and having him throw like twenty yards downfield. Yeah. Apparently, he like cannot hit a pass from the pocket to save his life, but somehow on the run is, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, mm-hmm. ten years ago, uh, which is kind of funny, I guess. But anyway, really don't want to be making those kind of throws in this kind of wind. So I, <laughs> I assume that's where the lack of efficacy comes from. But but Talia also had a really tough day. Um, Maryland offense couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, just usual excellent performance from. The Wisconsin defense, even if there was some wind helping them out there, this Maryland rush attack has been better at their passing offense this season. So I'd say big, big job by the Wisconsin defense there. Uh, Patrick, we're also going to talk quickly about the Pat Fitzgerald effect here. Uh, Iowa absolutely left for dead this season uh, after their offense looked absolutely terrible. Wisconsin fired their coach following that home loss to Illinois. Uh, When these two teams who will meet next weekend for the Florida Rosedale Trophy, uh, played Northwestern. They have since got a combined five and one mm-hmm. uh, with almost exclusively multi-score victories. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that get right game, Big Ten West, everyone needs. We got to keep half a shot around for as long as possible. He is the south that fixes all wounds for the rest of the division. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great to see him doing yeah, that and helping a, these guys he's out. A, he's a noble healer. He's he's playing a, he's playing yeah. a healing. He's a shaman yeah, class. He's, yeah, he's yeah. playing a healing class. <laughs> he's he's the all important nurse who's making sure that everybody stays alive. Uh, you gotta you gotta you do gotta respect that, and you do also have to assume that Ohio State is going to roll to a national championship after playing Northwestern. That's that's seemingly. I already have been. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. already have been, and nothing about that game uh, changed anything for you. Uh, we're we're not gonna talk about that one in detail because Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, so actually, as I as I look here, game on paper has it wrong. Graham Mertz completed five passes of eighteen tries for seventy two yards. So good for him. Well, that's much, a big difference. Yeah, yeah, much much better than I thought. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin does enough. Maryland's offense very limited. Rushing attack uh, does not work as well when they cannot throw. I guess just incompletions forty yards down the field, which is usually what they do. Just sort of every couple plays they dial up an incompletion 40 yards down the field to keep the to keep the defense honest they don't ever complete those passes because this is not a quarterback capable of doing that but uh not even having the threat to do that really hurt that hurt that offense uh and also the fact that they don't have any good players on it so moving out of noon and into the afternoon baylor 38 oklahoma 35 weird football game weird game that doesn't really feel like real to me. I don't know how to explain this. It's just, this is a result that I, I saw and I understood like it made sense to me, but I just didn't really, I couldn't formulate any thoughts about it. Cause it's just like, I don't, I, I don't know. This is strange, strange game. Good win for Baylor. Yeah. Um, what, really weird. I mean, Baylor just like doing the opposite of what their offense has been basically, like basically they turned the corner of the season by finding a passing offense. Then yeah. this game couldn't pass at all. Like could not move the football <laughs> through the air Classic. and just were a dominant rushing attack. Like yeah. average almost six, I think over six yards of carry uh, as a team. Yeah. Um, really funny. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, they got outgained by Oklahoma. Uh, they just kind of, uh, they did what they had to do to win. Right. Like, I mean, Oklahoma had turned the ball over three times, which doesn't help. Uh, they took more penalties, which doesn't help, but 
uh, I mean, Baylor just found a way to win. Uh, kudos to them. Yeah, I am glad here that we're not going to have to deal with like a uh, a second coming uh, either of, of Oklahoma, which they have done in the past where they have sort of fallen out of contention very early in the season. I think they did this last year, if memory serves. Clemson did this last year as well. And then down the stretch, like they're still they're good enough that you have to talk about them, that you have to take them seriously. You have to say like, oh, well, they've, they've, they've found some answers. Oklahoma has not found some answers. Oklahoma no. <laughs> just just solidly average. Uh, and so they I might am, go six and six. Yeah, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm grateful for that, that we don't have to talk about these guys as anything other than just like, yeah, pretty average, pretty average, pretty disappointing for, for year one under Brent Venables. They don't get to do like a second half of the season turnaround with Dylan Gabriel healthy. Uh, we don't have to pretend. We can just keep it moving uh, and not have to worry about Oklahoma, which is very good. I, I like not worrying about Oklahoma. Uh, Georgia 27, Tennessee 13. Uh, our bad. This one is our bad. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to issue a podcast statement. We're not going to be held ap- uh, responsible for this. We aren't held accountable, and we're not. This is not an apology. Just throw, putting our <laughs> hand up like it's a play, like a, a, a you know, pickup basketball game, pat in the chest. This one's our bad. That one, that one, that bad pass, that one was on me. Um, Ryan, I'll, I'll cue you up here because you got to watch this game live. I've only been able to watch it on the rewatch because I was covering a game. Uh, what happened here? What what went wrong? Well, the funny thing about the Tennessee offense uh, is that if you have players that can just cover the receivers and man coverage, yeah, uh, it doesn't work. The offense is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I guess, like, to me, I know Alabama's corners have been pretty disappointing this season, but they are still like multiple NFL guys in their secondary. Yeah. Uh, I guess I thought we, and like Georgia's secondary had kind of not really played very well to date this season. Uh, so I kind of just thought we were going to see Tennessee do something similar to Georgia they did to Alabama, where they were able to confuse them and, and uh, beat their guys. And it just seems like uh, that didn't work, right? It just seems yeah. like Georgia's corners, particularly Keely Ringo, respond to the challenge. Um, Jalen Hyatt was also physically banged up in this game, which doesn't help. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Georgia's played them straight up, right? Like they just were able to uh, cover and man. Uh, Jalen Carter was able to get home and pass rush. He really affected the game here, uh, along with that Georgia defensive front overall. Um, and they were just able to play them straight up and win the game. Basically, Tennessee didn't have any answers for it. Uh, that, of course, is the problem with Josh Heupel offense is that they kind of um, they aren't really an in-game adjustment kind of offense, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of have their thing. It's not like a full Mike Leach air raid where he really just just has like six plays and calls them all the time. Uh, but but they really don't have many answers to adjust if it's not working. So, uh, uh, I mean, kudos to Georgia for having better players. Right? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, I, it, it's like, I mean, Tennessee is, I think if they had played better in this game, they'd execute a couple things differently. Uh, you know, Hendon Hooker, who I love and respect a ton, obviously, but Hendon Hooker missed like three notable deep balls um, that would have changed this game. Like when they did have guys beat, he was not hitting those throws. Uh, and basically, you have to capitalize against Georgia when you have that opportunity. And he couldn't hit the throws. Um, yeah. he, but I think he was mostly okay. He, he really didn't do very well recognizing pre-snap coverage. But also insane for Tennessee to not adjust at all to Georgia's blitzes. Uh, Georgia's running the same blitz like several times in a row, just zone blitzes. Um, uh, it makes up their man coverage. And Hooker didn't recognize it. And his coaches did nothing to help him out there. Um, kind of frustrating to Tennessee just basically lay down and take it the whole game. Yeah. Um, didn't do anything different. Kind of a really boring football game, to be honest. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, Georgia looked good. I, I guess, I don't know if I like learned anything about them this game. I, I think we knew they had great players on defense. Um, I, I will say, I, I did just... not realize that they had 
cornerbacks like that on on defense. I did not think that they were going to well, be able to do that. That's that was sort of the assumption that we entered the game with, right? Is like Georgia's defensive backfield and and you know all defensive line down a couple players is not what it was last year, and that they can't keep up. Um, Malachi Starks, Keely Ringo couple other guys in the secondary, Jalen Carter, like you said, up front, uh, they were, I, I think, better than I expected them to be. They they have, well, I, I don't know well, if it's... the question here, though, is can, can they actually do what they, like, they, what they just did work, but can they do that against the other top teams in the country? Like, can yeah. you, yeah, I think like they, against Ohio yes. State or Michigan scheme? I, I don't think you can just play Ohio State or Michigan the same way they just play Tennessee, right? Like, Tennessee... I don't know. I, I think that I don't know. I think that having watched Ohio State and Michigan play, I think that Georgia can do that to either of those teams. I I think Georgia is just better. <laughs> just just flat out is just better. Uh, Ohio State and Michigan did not show me anything in this slate that made me think while Georgia was doing this to Tennessee that Georgia could not just do that to them. Um, I don't know. I I did not I did not expect this from the secondary. The secondary. I don't know if they're just sandbagging when they don't play against Tennessee or top teams and they just were waiting to just bring it on everybody. But, like, it didn't look like this for a lot of the season. The defense at Georgia did not look like this for a lot of the season. And then it comes out and does this, and it's just, uh, I don't know. It was not It was not what I was expecting. Maybe that was uh, be that was probably under being too, too uh, you know, dismissive of, of Georgia's talent level and, development and that was always sort of the the other side of it is like well what if georgia's defense is just really really good still um but i mean i had I not know, seen dude. i, I hear, had not I seen them do this this year except for the oregon game i i know this is going to sound like ridiculous like i'm like nitpicking obviously they played very well but but also worth considering that tennessee turned the ball over inside georgia's red zone twice yeah and that they missed a couple of those deep shots that i mentioned there like i think georgia obviously defense played very well and they won this game very convincingly uh, I'm not trying to take that away from them, yeah. but I do think like if Tennessee executes this stuff a little bit better, we are not coming out with the same confidence about Georgia. I, I think like people are going to look at this game and say that like holy, sh- even though it's only a 14 point margin, like holy shit, Georgia kicked their ass, this game was over. Yeah, and, and that's true, but like Tennessee was moving the ball, they were getting some opportunities, they just weren't converting. And like credit to Georgia for making stops there, and so credit to them for causing turnovers and uh, having better players at times, but like. I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I don't come with this game thinking that like, I think some of the reaction has been, wow, Georgia is far and away the best team in the country. And I don't think I view it that way. I think Georgia is the best team in the country right now, but not by a massive margin. Like I think it's a, it is going to be a matchup game for them in the playoffs because then who can, like, it's not where they're just going to like roll teams off the field like they did last year. I, I don't think yeah. that's the, this kind of team. Yeah. The, the, the two things there that I that I have that are both related to the you know Tennessee not taking advantage of opportunities uh the the one is that this is college football and teams are going to not take advantage of opportunities there's no you're not gonna I I I don't know that it's like I don't really know if it's it's a especially revelatory statement to say if you just play perfect against Georgia then you will win yeah obviously if you play perfect as a college football team you will win most of your games it's yeah obviously uh and the second thing that is related to that is that I think that Georgia as a program but even just with this team is I don't know if this makes sense the least uh, mistake prone I guess or maybe the least mistake dependent team in college football I think that they can win without I, I I don't know I don't know how to describe the thing that I'm trying to say 
they just made a bunch of mistakes against Kent State and Missouri like four weeks ago. I think people just kind of forget that a little quick. Yeah, no, that's that's not what's, I, I don't know how to put what I'm trying to say. What Georgia does requires less taking advantage of opportunities than what everybody else does. Is is what I'm trying to say basically. What Georgia does is is so like it. A lot of the stuff that they do is not asking. They play asking, games straight up. Yeah, yeah, they play games straight up, and a lot of the stuff that they're doing is not asking anything uh, extraordinary of anybody. It's just, you know. Uh, honestly, Michigan does the same thing, though. Yeah, Michigan does Michigan, Michigan does a less players. talented version of the same thing, which is probably yes. why what happened last year to Michigan when they played Georgia is why what happened last year to Michigan when they played Georgia. Um, and, and so, yeah, that, that probably is the simpler way to put it, is that Georgia is just more talented than everybody else, and they play like it. Um, and, and so... Like, I think if Ohio State or a Michigan or like somebody, even a Tennessee in this circumstance was to play flawless or near flawless football against Georgia, then yeah, you could, you could beat them. You know, I, I, I don't think that that's controversial, controversial. You could probably beat them pretty comfortable if you play comfortably, if you play a perfect game yeah. as one of those teams, but it's really hard to do. And they're really good at making it so that you don't do that. Um, they, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's. Even if, I'm skeptical. I, I, I still have some of the same critiques I did before this game. I, I don't yeah. think like they, I think it's weird that they don't run the ball well. It's weird that they don't run the ball. Yeah, well. they haven't run the ball yeah. well in the last two years. They didn't run the ball well either last year. I, I don't know why. Well, they, they don't, don't have any good running backs. Yeah, it's which is weird because they've got a bunch of five stars. I don't understand why these guys yeah. don't run the ball very well. I think to me, I feel like my lesson learned from this game last like what we said last week is that I was wrong about Tennessee. Not that I was wrong about Georgia. Okay. Like, I still feel the, some of the same way I did about Georgia. I still think they have some flaws in this team. And, uh, like, call me crazy, but, like, I don't think Lad McConkie is being open downfield against some of these other teams that they might have to face in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee is uh, less talented, less experienced, less veteran, less battle tested than other teams that are kind of we're, in this race. Which defenses are we talking about there, though? We're, we're, Specific, I, I'm basically, look, this season's coming down to. Uh, in my opinion, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan versus Georgia. This is yeah. what this this is what this is coming down to. Is Denzel Burke so stopping Vlad McConkey? Is that Denzel Burke? I know I know you don't actually watch Ohio State. You're just trolling me. But Denzel Burke has improved a lot since the early flaws. Okay, of the he has actually got he, he played a really good game on Saturday right. and has improved strongly as a run defender and, and coverage as well. Travion Henderson um, is also by by the end of November will be a Heisman contender again. Uh, that that is. <laughs> That's I don't the, think that at all. I think yeah. I think what I'm trying to say, maybe more correctly, is that there is not a like people were talking a few weeks ago. Maybe I should say people like me uh, were talking about this. It's like uh, you know Tennessee is 2019 LSU, and like Ohio State or Georgia could be like 2019 Ohio State, or it's like a very balanced team with a chance to take them down. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I think this is a mishmash of like four teams that are all really good. And I'm also, I mean, TCU will play probably like Oregon and USC have a chance to get in there. I'm, I'm not dismissing everybody else. Yeah. Um, but, but those four teams are the ones that have enough of a margin to actually do something here. And I, I don't think there's a huge edge between any of them. I don't think there's one dominant team. I don't think there's even like two dominant teams. I think there's a tier of four to five, maybe six teams that can hang with each other. It's a gun to matchups and play calling and a preparation for those games. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree that's, with that. That's I, 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 the way that I think about it is, uh, and this is probably just summarizing what you just said, but in a slightly different way, is that it doesn't feel like there are any... 
Every, everybody has flaws. All of the top teams are, are flawed in some way. None of them are perfect. None of them are like obviously running away from everybody else. And, and some are more flawed than others, certainly. Oregon's defense immediately comes to mind. Tennessee's defense sure. is not not on that level. USC's yeah. defense is... Ohio fucked. State's rushing attack. Yeah. Michigan's yeah. passing attack. Yeah, yeah. There's just, there's, they all have Yeah, flaws. USC's yeah. defense is fucking atrocious. Georgia can't run the ball as well as it probably should be able to. Um, yeah, I, I think that that is... I think that's totally fair, and I think that this is the kind of year that could produce a, a something different, just just broadly something different. I'm not sure if it will. It could still very well just produce Georgia. Um, but I, I think that of that group, Georgia is the least reliant on, like I said, taking advantage of the opportunities that it is given because Georgia can just sit on you in a way that those other teams are either incapable of or not comfortable with. I think for like Ohio State specifically, just not comfortable doing that, not something that they're interested in doing, just like for whatever reason, um, they have had moments of it. But I, I think that Georgia is the one with the least variance in what they will produce, basically. Uh, they, they've had those very weird, shitty games against Missouri and Kent State, and I think that that is still very much a possibility. But it seems like in big games, you pretty much know what you're going to get from Georgia in a way that you can't really say about anybody else in that group. So I, I would still... Not to do too much playoff talk, I would certainly consider Georgia the favorite at this point. But yeah, I, I would not say that any of them are are far and away better than anybody else. I think that it's pretty, it, it it's pretty well clustered at the top of the sport. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I view it as well. Um, you know what's you know what's not clustered, which is clearing away the top in its class. What's that? Um, some vintage collegiate apparel from home field apparel. That's right. That's uh, right. There's a yeah. uh, if if you're perhaps celebrating this Georgia win financially, you're looking to celebrate this Georgia win, and you you know the call girls aren't answering. You could go to homefieldapparel.com. You can use the code meet at mid yeah meet at midfield. That's the code. That's our website. <laughs> use the code meet at midfield for fifteen percent off your first purchase, and you could help yourself to a brand new, very very nice Georgia Bulldog sweatshirt. It's uh, I I cannot uh, I, I I I cannot compliment enough their sweatshirts. Their sweatshirts are extremely good. I have a lot of sweatshirts from Homefield Apparel. If you would like to get one. That is a uh, that's a good avenue to, to go through, and that's a good sweatshirt to get. There are lots of other ones for all sorts of different teams. The uh, Tulane Teal is a classic, of course. I have that one. There are great Cincinnati ones. There are great Auburn ones. There are great for, for basically any school. If you root for any school, go to homefieldapparel.com. See if they've got your school. Use the code MEETATMIDFIELD for 15% off your first purchase. It's... Uh, it's legal. <laughs> it's legal. We bring. We brought it back. We made. We made it uh, illegal to be home field apparel again. It was illegal. Old, the old management wouldn't let you be home field apparel, but uh, we're bringing it back. And everybody is very. Uh, everybody's very grateful, and they're all saying, "Oh, thank you, thank you, flipping the field. You've done it. You brought home field back." And it's true. We did yeah. it. We'll take the credit for it. And there has been some confusion about this, by the way. I just want to something I want to clarify to to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not illegal to have sex with the shirts, but we do not need you to tell us what you're doing. Yeah, we do not send, need those please, messages. Please stop sending us videos of it. It's not, we're, we're just, we're, we're not interested in it like that. I, I, we appreciate, we appreciate your reaching out, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll echo that. We don't need to see the, yeah. it's, it's very graphic what people have been telling us and that's not, it's just, it's uncomfortable. We don't know how to handle that situation. Yeah. I, I will say if you are uh, one of the people who is having sex with the shirts, um, or if you're someone who likes college football, either one of those two, mm-hmm. um, send the send the brain emoji 
uh, on Twitter, no other context at home field apparel, just tweet yeah. brain emoji at home field apparel. Uh, they'll know what you mean. It's they'll know it's one of those two and they'll be able to tell which one as well. Um, just make sure you send that to the uh, home field apparel account. Um, as soon as you hear this, don't, don't wait. Yep. Don't hesitate. Send it right now. Yeah. Pull over to the side of the road if you're driving and you got to, you got to send that emoji right fucking now. Uh, Texas 34, Kansas state 27, Kansas state with a, a late field goal to make this a, a touchdown game, but Texas was better here. Um, and Texas was better here in an interesting way because Quinn Ewers was fine. He was okay. But this was a Bajon Robinson game. This was Bajon Robinson just, just playing out. It was mind. pretty bad. I don't know if he was okay. I think he sucks. He, I don't know. It was, he wasn't, I, I wouldn't qualify his 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 performance as like a disaster. It was just not. It was not the focal point by any. I would call means. it distasteful. I would okay. say it was a distasteful performance. <laughs> <laughs> it was uncouth. It was uncouth of him. Uh, regardless, Bajan Robinson went nuts in this game. But this was this was Bajan yeah. Robinson just just taking over the game, and uh, Kansas State kind of running out of weapons offensively. I think that they, they did a lot with what they had and, and were able to obviously stay in the game. I thought Adrian Martinez played pretty well, save for an interception, his first of the season, um, and also a fumble. He had he had the two turnovers, but I thought he played pretty well in general. It's just they did not they did not have the guys on the on the outside. Deuce Vaughn was sort of one of two receivers along with Malik Knowles and they just didn't have a whole lot else going on and Texas just kind of body bagged them just 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 out talented them fed the ball to Bijan robinson and kansas state couldn't find answers for him yeah uh it was i mean they they really tried to lose this game again as they are wont to do uh they were out scored 17 to 3 in the second half after yeah. taking that 31 10 halftime lead uh steve sarkeesian teams love shutting down their pants but even they could not manage to blow this one um yeah i mean texas is now firmly in the race right like they're yeah. Uh, they are very much in the thick of things in the Big 12. I believe they are currently in sole possession. Or they Sorry, they have the tiebreaker lead uh, in second place right now uh, in the Big 12. Uh, they have to play TCU this weekend, which is going to be a massive game. Game day is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll learn more, a lot more about them, uh, uh, both for TCU and for Texas. But They, they also um, get a uh, they get a head-to-head uh, at, at home with the other team that they are tied with right now in Baylor. In Baylor. Yeah. yeah, so Texas in complete control of its destiny as a – as a uh, a potential Big Twelve title game uh, participant con- contributor, um, big win for them. Impressive win. Steve Sarkeesian. We've talked about this before. Very weird play caller. Very. I don't. I cannot get a yeah. feel for if he is good at calling plays or not because like he has games like this where he will just ride the thing that's working and it will it will continue to work and it will be good and then he has games where he just doesn't do that where he just forgets to do that and they they shit down their shit down their leg like you said. I still can't get a feel for him. He's been a head coach for now almost two full years. He's been around at Texas for almost two full years. He's been around the sport forever. And I still just, I don't know what to think of this guy. I don't know what to think of, like, does he ride the hot hand? Does he understand game flow? Does he, I, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. He has games like this where it looks really good and they do the right thing and they, they stick to the right guy. And then they have games like the Oklahoma State game where he just doesn't do that. I, I don't, I, weird program. Yeah. They're in a weird place. I think they're, I think their passing attack is kind of troubling. Like, I, I think yeah. it's not as good as it should be. Like, like Xavier Worthy is, uh, been okay this season he's like outside the top 50 in every major receiving category yeah uh like he's not really done a ton um i, I don't know like like quinn is not what we thought he would be like, i don't know he's been good enough like he, he was pretty uh i guess pretty well known um 
I was just say pretty well known that I mean that Alabama game obviously played out of his mind and that before he got hurt. But since he's come back, he has not looked that impressive. Like he's been just okay. Yeah. Um. I just I guess I'm not seeing a ton of players develop under Sark. Right. Like Bijan's an incredible running back. Uh, Roshan Johnson's been really, really good as well. There's not a lot else happening besides that. Like it's just it's just kind of those two. Yeah. I would um, also I would I, I don't know I would like, say like as another point to your guy not seeing guys develop. Bijan is the exact same running back as he was when he showed up. He has been this guy sure. for for years now. He's the same player. It's, and I guess uh, yeah. I guess maybe the question is like how much could you even develop him? Like yeah. what is the, what is there to add to his game? He's sure. such a complete player that. Uh, it, but like yeah, nothing new happened here. I don't know. I'm not seeing anything. Like Texas is just a. They're a pretty good power for football team. They should win, finish like nine wins or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I'm expecting. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think, I, think I don't have anything else. I think that's yeah. fair. Michigan State 23, Illinois 15. Illinois turned the ball over four times and uh, kept doing it in the red zone specifically, like kept fucking up in the red zone. I don't think there's a whole lot else to say about this game beyond that. Just don't do that. Just <laughs> if you're going to, I don't know, just don't do that. Do something else other than that. Don't turn the ball over four times and don't do it in the red zone. And that's pretty much that's pretty much it. This is how they've lost both of their games this season that they have that they have dropped. Um, they're fine. They're still going to win the Big Ten West, I think, pretty comfortably. But they need to not turn the ball over in the fucking red zone they need to figure they need to finish drives better than they have been yeah 100 percent. uh no further comment yeah i agreed yeah kansas 37 oklahoma state 16 mike gundy bad bad year shitty <laughs> shitty fucking job that he has done ridiculous that this team is is what it is i get that they don't have spencer sanders but good god this was an ass beating kansas came in sure. just schemed the shit out of those boys uh devin neal also didn't didn't start his own son is he was he, i thought that was the plan was he yeah, didn't, healthy or didn't, something? didn't start his own son i'm i'm going to i don't know if he was healthy or not but i'm going to assume that he was fully healthy and that he just looked his own son in the yeah. face and said i'm not playing you and then he sent out a guy yeah. who threw three interceptions <laughs> <laughs> that's much, imagine that's, gonna that's be much funnier to me. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, I like that quite a bit. Jason Bean, uh-huh. impressive here. Um, yeah. Devin Neal. How about Jason uh, flicking his bean? Because he did this one all by himself, huh? He didn't, though, is the thing. Devin Neal rushed 32 <laughs> times for 224 <laughs> yards. <laughs> was, was kind of just looking for the joke there. Kind of just... Uh, kind well, of just like, forcing the joke, like like a like a Mike Gundy play call. Yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, Devin Neal went nuts here. That's that's pretty much the story of the game, right? Is just that Devin Neal went nuts here. Six receptions for 110 yards on top of his 224 yards on the ground. He's very good. And folks, Kansas is bowling. It was it was in doubt there for a little bit with the the injury to Jalen Daniels, but they have pulled it back together enough to get to six wins. I think they're probably going to well, get... Well, Kansas is... Yeah, they're not just bowling. They're still in it for the Big 12 title, dude. Yeah, like, they're yeah. Still, I, they, they... I, I don't feel great about that with what's left because they go to Texas Tech, they can get Texas at home, and then go to Kansas State. But if they get Jalen Daniels back, I don't think it's impossible. I, I don't... I don't expect that they would beat Texas, but getting them at home is nice. And I don't think that either of the other two are, are you know, immutable or insurmountable or anything like that. Yeah. I think they could totally win those games. But regardless of they, what happens down yeah. the stretch, Kansas is bowling. They need to win out and hope that Texas beats Baylor this weekend, and they're in. Uh, yeah. If they win out, Texas beats Baylor. If Baylor loses one game down the stretch, then Kansas is in the in the fold, I believe. Yeah. So, um, so Baylor would need to yeah. Baylor would need to lose to Texas and one more. Is that right? I think that's right. No, because there could be a three way tie here. Um, because if Kansas wins out, they would beat both Kansas State and Texas, dropping them to three losses as well. Yeah. Uh, and then ba- if Baylor picks up another loss, there would be a it'd be a four way tie, uh, maybe five way tie if, with Oklahoma State. I don't know how this all works out uh-huh. on who plays who still, but basically they would have beaten everyone except Baylor. So as long as Baylor and one other see. team they have beaten, 
are there, they can force three-way tie. Yeah, so. I, I will also say Baylor finishes the season at home against Kansas State, at home against TCU, and then at Texas. Baylor's not going to win two of those games, I don't think. <laughs> that seems that yeah. seems very generous. I don't even know if Baylor's going to be a factor. Here. I mean, they could. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Baylor yeah. right now is in like except pole position, but I, I, I'm skeptical as well. Yeah, I have. Um, I have personally. I have no thoughts on Baylor. They can just keep on doing what they're doing. None of my business. Not not going to look at it until the end of the year. Uh, not my problem. But Kansas here, big time win. Anything on this game from you? Uh, just to say it was, like you said, a big time win by Kansas. Pretty impressed by how they played. Um, the way they've rallied after some of the initial skid during the season is super impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of teams would have, you know, especially like when you kind of get all that hype behind you and then the bubble bursts and you lose three straight. Um, to rally with a win like that, uh, really, really impressive. Uh, and hope they are able to get to, it'd be cool to see them get eight wins. I don't think they're going to win out, honestly, but. Um, beating Texas Tech and surprising one of these two other teams on the stretch would be would be awesome for them. Yeah. Uh, beating Texas again would, of course, be fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> well, we can hope for that. But yeah. just in general, awesome season for Kansas. Really impressed by them, no matter what happens on the stretch here. And yeah, kudos to them. Um, really, really next wa- game on the, on the other side oh, of this real quick, real wild that Oklahoma State has done this the last two weeks. O- Oklahoma, State's Embarrassing. Last, Oklahoma State's last month is, un- I, it does not make any sense. You, you can't look directly at it. They lose to TCU in double overtime, blow a lead, very nearly would have, they, they would have been 6-0 and and probably a top five team in the country if they win that game, and they, they blow it late. They turn around, they beat Texas, knock Texas out of the national conversation for the most part, uh, come back. Nothing serious changes other than, than Spencer Sanders gets hurt near the end of the game, lose 48 to nothing to Kansas State, and then turn around without Spencer Sanders and get crushed by Kansas. Bizarre, bizarre couple of weeks for them. I do not, I do not understand it. does not make any sense to me. Wouldn't be happening to me, I'll say that. If I was the coach at Oklahoma State, yeah. we wouldn't have this happen. Yeah, if I was there, it would have been different, that's for sure. Yeah. No doubt. Um, next game here in the schedule, UTSA wins 44-38 in double overtime at UAB. Um, UAB came all the way back to force overtime, just mm-hmm. could not finish the job here. Uh, did you get a chance to catch this one, Pat? Did you see any part of this? I I, I caught it on the uh, the condensed rewatch. Uh, UTSA now has beaten basically every competent team in, in the CUSA. They have, they have had moments like this one where they nearly couldn't pull it off, but they have beaten, I, I believe, UAB... Uh, Western Kentucky, North Texas, and then I think one other one who I don't remember at this point. They start to play Rice, maybe Middle Tennessee State. I, I don't know. They've beaten pretty much everybody good in the conference. They're going to beat Rice as well. They are going to win the CUSA. Uh, very, very, very impressive program, as we have said before. Good game here. Uh, good for, for UAB rallying back. Like you said, I thought Jacob Zeno played pretty well at quarterback, all things considered. Uh, Dwayne McBride obviously is is excellent as he always has been and always will be but utsa again just doing enough to get the job done to remain unbeaten in conference play and and to continue right on pace for repeating as as cusa champions they a lot like coastal carolina it's not always pretty but they are ready when they need to be and they win big games and they just keep on winning big games yeah, 100%. Got to think they'd want that early game against Houston back. We'd love to yeah. replay that one because it would go a lot differently right now. Yeah. Um, but but kudos to them for, like you said, weighing out in the conference so far and uh, should be comfortably favored in the last three games here. A uh, 10-2 and two season would be fantastic for them. Yep. Right? That is a, that is a great effort if they can pull it off. Hope they can. Uh, Rooting for them, of course, to do that. Uh, our next game here, speaking of staying in the G5, uh, Liberty winning 21-19 at Arkansas. 
Um, very funny, by the way, that immediately after this game, uh, Hugh Freeze was giving quotes where he was just like pitching himself to Auburn. I don't know uh-huh. if you saw his interviews after the game, <laughs> but he was just like, he was basically being asked about like the Auburn job. And he's like, well, I don't know if they'd want me, but I've proven my worth as a coach many times over. I went everywhere I go and just, just openly auditioning for the job while his team is like celebrating a win in the locker room behind him. Oh them. my God. Uh, <laughs> such an asshole, but a uh, great win for Liberty. This team, this team's really good. I mean, they're not yeah. one. Uh, they are good on both sides of the football. This defense is better than we expected. Their only loss is a one-point road loss to Wake Forest. Um, they've beaten quality teams in the Southern Miss. Uh, they beat BYU. They beat Arkansas. Um, they have UConn, Virginia Tech, New Mexico State down the stretch. No reason they should not excuse me, finish 11-1. and one. Yeah. Um, uh, It's a good football team, man. Like, say what you want. Like, he, he does win games. Yeah, he does win games there, and they're they're doing it like you alluded to in a different way than they are accustomed to. Because Jonathan Bennett behind center is not especially impressive. He's fine. He he does largely he does what he needs to do, but he's he's uh, I don't know. He's only okay. Offense was not amazing in this game. Day Day Hunter was pretty pretty well shut down by Arkansas's defense, which is very strange because Arkansas's defense does not usually do that um but they go out and they they sort of win it with uh win it with def- defense do enough defensively it was 21-5 in this game at one point arkansas kind of rallied mm-hmm. late to make it closer than it than it had been um but i will uh i'll give i'll give credit to uh, Josh Aldridge and Jack Curtis are the co-defensive coordinators there. Did not think that this defense was going to be able to play as well as it has. It has been sort of the guiding force for this this Liberty team over the last month or so as they have surged. Um, and yeah, I, I think that they're probably... Who did you say is left on the schedule? Is it... Let me... It's... Uh, uh, they have UConn, uh, Virginia Tech, and New Mexico State. Yeah, so they're going to win out. And they're going to go 11-1. and one. They are not... Um, they they do not qualify. They are not included in the New Year's Six bid for the Group of Five teams because they're an independent. Uh, which I I mean I don't really care. <laughs> Liberty doesn't get to go to a, uh, you know, New Year's Six bowl because I don't I don't really want Liberty to be able to do that. But they uh, if not if if they were in the queue, so like they're going to be, they would be I think probably the favorite at this point for the for the New Year's Six G five bid. I think they might be the best of the G5 teams. I know you're a big Tulane guy, but I think Liberty would be Tulane if I'm going to be completely I, mean, I wouldn't say I'm a big Tulane guy. You're a huge I think, like, Tulane guy. You cannot get enough <laughs> of Tulane. You you have a Tulane, you got a Tulane tattoo this weekend. Yeah, that's true. I actually, uh, I started a fascist movement called the Green Wave just to like get closer to Tulane spiritually. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have a lot of but, experience uh, with starting fascist movements as well, including, but not well, limited to this podcast. <laughs> It's, it's a living. It's a living, brother. Yeah, it's a living. Uh, <laughs> it ain't much, but it's honest. No, but I, also really quick, I want to point out how insane. I know we talked to Arkansas has the toughest schedule in the country. Um, it's insane how tough it's been, right? Yeah. Obviously, opening Cincinnati, uh, South Carolina. It was what six and three coming into this week. Uh, good football team. They played an FCS game against Missouri State. Mm-hmm. Um, the the only two teams they played that don't have a winning record uh, in the in the, uh, in the FBS are Texas A&M and Auburn, who are both, of course, in the top 15 of talent composite in the country. Yeah. So uh, every single team they played is either like a winning football team uh, or one of the most talented programs in America. Yeah, it, uh, it, it has been know, it's been a really brutal season for them. That That's a uh, that's a very tr- tough draw with the roster that they had, because I think they're probably better than their record shows. And it's just it's yeah. one of those things where like what are you going to do? You know, they're, 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 well, and they, and, and they still finish with LSU and Ole Miss the next two weeks. Yeah. Get Missouri in the finale. Like it, yeah. it's harder. Yeah. Like they're, they're going to go bowling, but Jesus, that's, that's a brutal, 
that's a brutal season, especially when you have a loss to Liberty and a loss to Mississippi State and a loss to Texas A&M. I'm sure all three of which they would really like to have back, specifically that Texas A&M game, which they should have won. And, and uh, Yeah, that was and, embarrassing. Yeah, and, and didn't. But uh, yeah, tough year for them. The, uh, the SEC West, if not super talented at the top, as, it, as at least relative to what it usually is, certainly still deep uh sunbelt sunbelt west big game here for the sunbelt west because troy beats louisiana 23 17 with a walk-off basically a walk-off there were five seconds left on the clock but uh walk-off rushing touchdown um came all the way back was trailing 17 to nothing in the second half stormed back able to tie this one and then win it late troy now just about not not fully confirmed because if they lose then it would become once again, South Alabama's uh, division to lose, but Troy just about locked up here as the Sun Belt West champion because the two conference games that they have left are Arkansas State and ULM. It would be pretty hard to lose those games. This was the toughest one left on the schedule. Uh, they win it. They do what they need to do to find a victory here. Kamani Vidal played pretty well for them at halfback. Not a great Gunnar Watson game, but the defense was solid as it always is, uh, and they do just enough to escape here in a tough road environment. Uh, great for them. Really, really, really good first season here for John Sumrall. I think better than you could ever have realistically hoped for from him. Ridiculous that in year one, he's probably going to win a a legitimately pretty good division uh, with with some very big wins included, very big road wins specifically like this one. Um, I think the South Alabama game was on the road as well, if memory serves. It was, um, yeah. Like that's, as was Western Kentucky too. Yeah, like that's hard to do. That's really, really fucking hard to do in year one. And this is not a team that hit the hit the portal like crazy. I mean, they, they did their share as everybody does, but a lot of the guys who are making these plays for them have been on the team. Um, really, really great first year from him. Could not be more impressed with what he has been able to do thus far. Yeah. And, and a fairly easy finish too, to the season. Uh, they have a non-con game against the army this weekend, then finish at home against Yo Monroe and at Arkansas state yeah. who are uh, two of the worst teams in the league. So, I mean, they, they should be, uh, they should absolutely win it, right? They they, yeah. they have to really take their foot off the gas here to to miss it and uh, and, and avoid the conference title game. So uh, I mean, a ten and two season very likely for them here. Really impressive. Yeah, ten and two um, with, with one of the losses being that fucking hail mary against uh, against uh, App State. App State, which, yeah, and then the other one being a road loss to Ole Miss, which should finish in the top fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, uh, that, that's that's wild. <laughs> that's a wild. And correct me if I'm wrong, season. but I, I believe they played. I'm going to double check this really quick here. Um, I think they held Ole Miss to fewer points than anyone. This, okay. Yeah. Only one team has held Ole Miss to fewer points than they did. And that was Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so they have played better defense against Ole Miss than anyone has this season too. That's, They're just a very impressive Troy team. That's wild. That is absolutely, I did not know that. That's, that's wild. Um, yeah, they're they're really strong. They're this is a really oh really LSU too. Team. Shit, sorry, I missed LSU. Well, um, who's, who's to say? Still, never mind. I, yeah. I take back. I mean, that's, everything no, that's I great. Think. I mean, that's yeah. that's two top twenty defenses, right? They're competing against there. So yeah, yeah. Um, and this is a year really one. Work. This is a year one Sun Belt team that won that was not <laughs> right. bowl eligible a year ago. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> that's pretty damn good. That defense is really really fun to watch. Good for them. I am very much pulling for and 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 in turn also looking forward to the coastal carolina versus troy sunbelt championship game that's awesome that's an awesome fucking matchup i hope that we get it uh we are well on track for it notre dame 35 clemson yeah, pat we're probably gonna really quick start to cut you off here i mean this is a we're gonna do we're just we're getting the saturday evening slate here yeah uh, this is the meat of the weekend mm-hmm. uh maybe we will mark down the timestamp in the episode here in case anyone wants to skip to this because uh 
it is uh it is where kind of all the action happened like these yeah. other games were cool but uh this is where this is where the fucking magic was this weekend yes so notre dame 35 clemson 14 to start us out here um i i'm i'm smiling ear to ear i i this was a fucking ass beating they beat the shit out of them clemson didn't score until like them. the fourth yeah. quarter it was ridiculous clemson had nothing it was, it was embarrassing oh my god what a delight what a delightful football game yeah i mean and also like i know we talked a lot of shit in our game and I, I still feel justified in that yeah but like doing what they did to like turn this team around with the backup quarterback and uh, they are now well on track to win eight or nine games to close the season. Yeah. Um, it's impressive, right? Like they still should be better than this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not kind of laying him off the hook, but uh, uh, finding this team to turn them around like this, running through the heart of that Clemson defensive front. That's been so vaunted and so highly regarded mm-hmm. uh, to the tune of 263 rushing yards. Uh, and, and I believe almost six yards a carry. So impressive, dude. I mean, they just Clemson couldn't do shit about it. That was man ball. Like Notre Dame yeah. just lined up and beat Clemson to the point of attack and did it all night. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I was, and that's, I, like, I, I came on here and I predicted that Notre Dame was going to win this game. I did not think it was going to be this. This was, yeah. <laughs> this was not, well, hey, this that's was, that's why you hire Harry Heastan, by the way. Yeah. That's why, why when you can go get the best offensive line coach and uh, maybe in football, not just college football, uh, and you can bring him back off of he was like in an apartment just hanging out in Chicago. If he said because his kids to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. you can bring him back. Uh, that's why you do it because he can. He can teach offensive linemen of any recruiting rank to physically dominate teams like this. Yeah. Um, he's capable of producing that kind of result, and that's exactly what they did. You know, Clemson has four to six NFL guys in that defensive line room, uh, and Notre Dame smashed their teeth in. Yeah, yeah. They had they had Clemson's defense had nothing for a Notre Dame offense that cannot pass the ball, does not have any interest in passing the ball, doesn't really even pretend to be able to pass the ball. Uh Drew Pine threw seventeen passes total in this game, completed nine of them for eighty five yards. Um <laughs> like the it's not like Notre Dame was hiding what it was gonna do here. Notre Dame and to... still averaged more yards in attempt than the Clemson passing attack, by the way. Jesus Christ, that's pathetic. That is fucking pathetic from from Clemson, which had DJ Uyungalale throw thirty nine passes in this game that's uh that's too much that's too much clemson is not a team that is designed to come back from a, a deficit like absolutely not able to do that but even when this that's game crazy was, to say by the way yeah. I, they have i mean like how, how many five-star and four-star quarterbacks and, and receivers they have in the team like it's ridiculous there's no reason they shouldn't be built that way they're just bad at coaching yeah they're bad at coaching they don't have a good uh coach they don't they have no good coaches and that seems to be their biggest problem right now is that they just don't know how to uh, coach any players um bad game from dj obviously bad game from pretty much everybody on Clemson nobody on Clemson looked especially impressive Will Shipley had a touchdown but again the game was over by by the time Clemson found its way to the end zone the game was over Notre Dame had had ended it it would have been over for a while I think Notre Dame had a pick six didn't they that that sort of was the uh the cherry on top for this one um yeah I believe it was uh Benjamin Morris that returned that one who had an awesome game by the way he had seven tackles Broke up a couple passes and also had the touchdown. It was really, really impressive. Yeah, and what, um, was that the um, <laughs> the very? They also had a punt return touchdown too. Don't forget that. Yes, yes. Was that the 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 interception return for a touchdown? I'm trying to remember because it all it all kind of runs together. I was also I was watching three games at once when this was happening. Um, was that the play where Clemson brought in Cade Klubnik for exactly one play and he immediately threw <laughs> an interception <laughs> and then they took um, him back out? <laughs> That sounds right. I, I do think, uh, I mean, I don't know if it was DJ or, or, or Kate who threw it. I can't recall. Uh, I had kind of, at that point, it was already, 
what it was already uh, so Cade threw an interception, but it was not a pick six. It was DJ who threw the pick six, and that was in they were in the red zone when he when he threw it. Cade threw an interception on the Clemson nine yard line. Um, very very funny to bring him in for it was it was uh, he was out there for two plays. <laughs> they brought him in after a punt. Will Shipley ran for two yards. This was near the end of the third quarter, and then they dialed up exactly one pass for Cade Klubnik, and he threw an interception. <laughs> Ridiculous. God, God. <laughs> well, so impressive. It, it's good that on top of uh, this season being essentially over for Clemson, because there's no way that anybody in their right mind would put this team, even as a one-loss ACC champion, in the playoff. Like, no. there's No one is going to do that. Nobody wants to see this fucking team on that stage. Um, you, you need to knock on wood right now. You need to You need to not curse us like that. It, it <laughs> would, come on. It would take a lot. If if we're assuming that Tennessee has one loss, I think that's a gets a get out of jail free card on its own. If Michigan or Ohio State only has one loss, that's another get out of jail free card. There's no way they would do two SEC, two Big Ten before they put fucking Clemson in the playoff. Nobody wants to see it. There's no. <laughs> I hope so. There's no interest in it. But regard and also they're going to lose again because they stink. But it's it's very cool that on top of um, this season being a wash and wasting another really good defensive line, they have also. Uh, I think probably permanently killed Cade Klubnik. I don't think Cade Klubnik is ever going to do anything. They they have they have murdered that poor young man. They, if if he taken is him smart, and he him. will he will transfer out this offseason if yeah. he is smart. He yeah. has to realize they are doing nothing there to help him or any quarterback. Um, there's nothing new. Davo's not learning anything. He's not going to bring in any outside ideas. There's going to be no new staff hires. There is nothing happening. What he's going to do, and I want to point out this was uh, suggested as a good idea by a member of a prominent national college football podcast. That the Clemson should go hire the recently fired Jeff Scott from USF uh, to go fix their offense. Bring if you think home. that, you are dumber than dog shit. Yeah. You are dumber than dog shit if you think the problem with Clemson is bringing in more ID, more guys from the Dabo coaching tree. Yeah, that's what you need. That's wow. like that's your answer. That's the best you've got. Is a guy who just went one in twenty six into FBS teams and like only learned from Dabo. Like that's the that's the best thing you have. Yeah. Really, that's Tod- the idea. Brain of a toddler, like how a dog thinks. Not. <laughs> Not the solution. The, the What Clemson really needs to do if it wants to fix the offense is that it needs to go make a trade with the Jaguars or the Browns and bring back one of their old quarterbacks. That's the thing that they would do to fix this. The offense has never been fucking good. It's never been a good scheme. It's just that they had two <laughs> generational quarterbacks back-to-back. Jesus Christ, how can you cover college football for a living and not see this? It's ridiculous. It, does, it doesn't make any sense. How can you watch these guys play and be, oh, yeah, they just they're an offensive coordinator away. No, <laughs> no, they've never had an offensive coordinator. They had two generational quarterback. That's it. That's all that they had. They, it's God, fucking ridiculous. They just they will give credentials to anyone. You can just do this. You don't have to. You, you don't have to know at all what you're looking at. You can just say whatever the fuck you want. It's it's yeah. God, <laughs> very embarrassing. Ridiculous thing to say. And I think we're going to talk a little more about Clemson and kind of just the state of this program, the same way we did for Alabama a couple episodes ago uh, on our premium episode. I think we're going to do a little more deep dive on Clemson and um, where this is headed, right? Like what to yeah. expect from Clemson the rest of the way, because it's not looking good, right? Like I don't think this program's in a good place at the least. I guess the question is, are they ever going to be able to turn it around? I think we, we both know our answer, but I'm excited to talk about it and just spend like 40 minutes hating on Clemson, as, as you know, we'd love to do. Yeah, I'm, um, uh, I'm going to give some real quick before we move on. I'm going to give some free game to Cade Klubnik here, who, uh, as you said, uh, absolutely correctly should transfer this offseason as soon as he possibly can. He should do it today. He should enter the transfer portal. Um, he, if he wants to go back home, should go play for TCU. If he doesn't really care about going back home, 
home, he should go play for Auburn if it hires Lane Kiffin or Hugh Freeze or, or fucking Deion Sanders. I don't care. Uh, those are the two places that he should go. He will become a pro if he goes to either of those spots. If he stays here, he will uh, slowly die. He will be slowly killed by Dabo Swinney, who is uh, poisoning his food with each <laughs> with each team meal to make sure that nobody ever touches uh, Trevor's records or anything like that. Uh, these guys suck. This program is 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 washed. They're out of here. Get them get them out of here. No more. I'm sick of them. Anything else from you on this one? Uh, you know, just very very funny. You know, go Irish, etc. Yeah. Also, I guess kind of a cool scene for Marcus Freeman. See, I don't know if you saw this post game video for his press conference where uh, I guess he walks through a tunnel of fans on his way to like the post game presser area. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely exploded, like just crazy applause. And they're pretty cool moment for him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I know we dogging him a lot. I don't think he's a good coach, but it, it is pretty cool to see a guy like that kind of get that experience in his first season. Yeah. Um, and turn this season around. Uh, you know, happy for the fans that they got something fun. It's a storm the field. Yeah. Um, it, it is also very cool that he's five and one since converting cath- to Catholicism. I, I like that a lot. <laughs> just, yeah, I, I, uh, I that that's just a fun little fiction of the of the season that yeah. I personally will stick well, with me that he's five and one since and becoming I, Catholic. I was reading um, from Pete Sampson, who who covers Notre Dame for the Athletic. Uh, I believe he was saying that since Notre Dame, like what they've started doing pregame is they're just going over the diet of worms as mm-hmm. a pregame ritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been reviewing that as kind of just getting further in touch with the theology and kind of the doctrine of the church. So um, you got to assume it's been huge for them, and and of course listening to Red Scare as all their players do. Yeah, um, you got to think that's been big. Just that modern <laughs> <laughs> modern Catholicism. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah notre dame strength and conditioning part department is getting them on the prehistoric diet <laughs> yeah they're they're no they're telling them to eat tinned fish that's what they're all they're all eating tinned fish and they're saying they're on a hot girl diet and they're all the like all the places the team's like what are you talking about like yeah. we, we just we do squats um <laughs> that's awesome yeah drew drew pine is on a is on a steady diet of cold brew and cigarettes that's the only thing that he consumes at any time <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's so locked in. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. That keeps uh, it keeps them it keeps them hungry. It keeps them focused. It gets them to work harder. Um, staying with uh, with 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 current or recent Notre Dame coaches, we're gonna go down south now here to Baton Rouge, LSU thirty two, Alabama thirty one. Oh yeah, one of my oh, favorite yeah. one of my favorite games in recent memory. I, I not not like not like an all-time classic or anything like that in terms of actual quality, but the way that this one ended, the way that it was played in general, um, fantastic. No notes. Fantastic football game. Absolutely loved watching this one. Um, and I would be saying the exact opposite had Alabama won the game. Uh, that mm-hmm. LSU won this <laughs> is the reason that I like it, but God damn, this thing was a banger. Yeah, uh, they have been, they, I mean, what a fucking game, dude. Just, I mean, LSU, the biggest thing that stuck out to me this game, uh, we can talk about what they did to win, but like they looked more physically imposed in Alabama. They yeah. look faster. They look stronger. They look meaner. They look, they wanted to win more. I mean, it's, it's more aggressive. They had a, uh, they finished with only two sacks, but I felt like they were just, li- I think they had six quarterback, 10 quarterback hurries, sorry, yeah. living in the backfield. Harold Perkins, oh uh, their God. linebacker, was unbelievable, dude, <laughs> just all over the field. Uh, kids a freshman. Yeah, uh, I forgot that they 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 I believe flipped him from Texas A&M or beat Texas A&M very late for him in the recruiting process. Um, just a true difference maker. Huge, huge, huge uh, uh, win for LSU um, to win this game, and they are now uh, comfortably in control of the SEC West and should absolutely win it going away. Yeah, um, which is nuts. I mean, bro- in, in year year one, this was a rebuilding year, and they're probably going to win the SEC West. That's nuts. Yeah, and like if you a- after what week six for this team. 
They had already lost to Florida State. They had really struggled with Auburn. They got blown out by Tennessee at home. Yeah. And since then, uh, they have gotten uh, they have won three in a row, including two top fifteen wins, uh, and now get to finish the season with Arkansas, UAB, and Texas A&M. Man. Um, they should be going into Atlanta with a ten and two record uh, and a certain top ten ranking. Um, yeah. Tremendously impressive. It, yeah. it, it was a huge, huge game for them. Uh, Jaden Daniels was fantastic in this game. Um, he only had 182 yards to the air, but had another 95, excuse me, on the ground. Uh, and that's with sack yard, including well over 100 without sack yardage taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, accounted for three touchdowns for LSU. Um, obviously had the game winning, uh, the game winning two point conversion. Uh, had that brilliant run late in the game to kind of get LSU uh, all the way down to the end zone. Uh, I mean, he he had the touchdown in overtime. Um, they fucking rock, dude. Yeah. Like, they were so good. Yeah, uh, he, he did everything that they needed him to do here. Without sack yardage, I believe it was 12 carries for 110 yards and that that uh, eventual, what was the, yeah. the game-winning touchdown, I suppose, with the two-point conversion added on. Yeah, the, th- the thing with Jaden Daniels in this game is, like, the stat line, of course, does not, it's not huge or anything, but when they needed him to, to contribute, when they needed him to lead them down the field, he did, like, every time. It, it, whenever they needed an answer, uh, especially late in the game when they needed to drive down the field, and, and he just he just did. He did it. He, he took it into his own hands. He would run the ball when he needed to. He was excellent. He was absolutely excellent. He was up for the occasion. Um you mentioned the physicality. Harold Perkins is is it goes without saying. He was ridiculous. He was everywhere. It's unbelievable that that guy is a true freshman. He was he was fantastic. Um, but it, it was it was striking throughout this game, and and you saw it late with uh, I think it was Malik Neighbors who who made the just ridiculous catch down the sidelines on one of the last drives yes. of, of the, yes, it was. the of regulation, but. Out wide, you see this. At at halfback, I thought you saw this pretty well. On a defensive line, you see it. LSU was much more impressive physically than Alabama was. LSU had guys who just looked, he just had that different look to them that Alabama used to have. Those are guys who are usually Alabama's guys. Like Alabama has the receivers who make those crazy catches. Alabama has the freshman defensive end or linebacker who's just completely changing the way that the game is played. Alabama has defensive backs stepping up, making huge plays. And that was not the case here. Alabama had one guy and he's six feet tall and he's playing quarterback. That's it. That's all they have. They didn't do anything else. And even else. he, like, like, I don't want to blame this on Bryce Young because I thought he had some really special moments in that game. Yeah. Uh, but but even he completed less than half of his passing attempts. He threw the ball 51 times yeah. and completed less than half of those attempts. Yeah, Alabama um, did not have an answer when LSU was, was blitzing. LSU sent five or no. six for a lot of this game, and it worked pretty much every time they did it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you have a guy like Harold Perkins get after you, that's that's kind of what happens, right? And BJ, not to discount BJ Jolari, he was also brilliant mm-hmm. um, at linebacker too. Like they just have two really successful blitzing linebackers. I thought Makai Wingo did a great job off the edge, uh, defensive end for them, uh, made a real impact. They just had a lot of guys making plays uh, on this defensive front. Um, and the, uh, on the opposite side, Bama didn't have guys making plays, right? Like like yep. Jameer Gibbs is re- was really good as always. Uh, Bryce Young had a couple special plays where he just he pulls up out of his ass. But like Jacory Brooks is the only receiver on this team who's worth a damn. Uh, yeah, and even he's, he's like the, he's, he's he's fine. He's okay. Jacory Brooks is sure. is fine. Yeah, not to make this a Buckeye podcast, but he would be the fifth receiver on high sixteen. Like, yeah. like, like that's like this guy. Like he's he'd be the fourth receiver uh, on Tennessee's team. Yeah, Jacory like Brooks. Jacory Brooks is transferring to Ohio and leading them to a MAC title next year. <laughs> sure, sure. Like just not a dude, right? Like I, I think like Jameer like, Gibbs is incredible. He's one of the best players in college football. I, I and obviously has shown that time and time again. 
Uh, he had 163 all-purpose yards in this game. Yeah, uh, I think they they found next year's back and Jason McClellan, a former five-star. He's clearly their next guy up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a couple of nice plays in the passing attack here. Um, but like, Bama doesn't have answers here. They can't throw punches with other like highly talented teams. It's just crazy to fucking say they couldn't finish in the rent. They settled for five different field goals in this game. Um, LSU just was more physical on them. They were more impressive. They had more answers. They responded, uh, even though it went to overtime uh, because Alabama. It was able to get that late field goal, which, by the way, was an absolute knuckleball. Mm-hmm. Um, like LSU looked better from whistle to whistle. Yep. Like there was no point in time where I did not think that LSU was the better team. I was worried when they were giving up opportunities, letting Bama get back in it, but they looked better every rep of this game. Yeah, this was this was very much not an upset. This was LSU being a better team than Alabama. LSU is better than Alabama is this year. Just straight up, they were better. They they are more physically impressive. They are better coached. They just were better. They had a the game plan in this game, not not to, you know, fawn too much over Brian Kelly, but I think he probably deserves a little bit of it after this. The game plan in this game from LSU was perfect. The the only times that they were not up for this one here, the only times that they were struggling were, was when they strayed from it, like those those last couple of Alabama drives where they they kind of went away from the pressure stuff, and that was when that was when Bryce Young was able to cook. But when they brought the pressure that they had designed, when they had the offensive approach that they came into the game with, when they were using Jaden Daniels as sort of a dynamic, multifaceted threat out of the backfield, um, they were absolutely superior in this game in, in every way. They were just better, straight up. They were just better, like you said. Um, really, really huge win for LSU. Um, really interested to see where these guys go for the rest of the season and then also down the road. Uh, the, the, they are frighteningly good for, for this early on in Brian Kelly's tenure. They are frighteningly physically impressive. I did not think that they were going to be this good this early. Yeah, 100%. Um, now, it would also be incredibly funny, of course, if they managed to like, lose to Arkansas and Emerson for like that in yeah. the last couple weeks of the season would, would be hilarious to send Ole Miss to the SEC title game. Yeah. Or maybe Alabama. Uh, of course, we would love to see that. That'd be hilarious. Well, they would um, need to lose twice, wouldn't they? Because they have the tiebreaker. Oh, you're right. They've beaten both. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless, well, I guess Ole, if, unless Ole Miss beats Alabama, which they're not going to do. That's right. Which they're not going to do. Yeah. yeah. Although, again, that'd be even funnier. That would be funny. Um, yeah. Nine and three Bama is a really funny outcome. <laughs> nine and three Bama um, with Bryce Young is so good. You well, bring I guess back the Heisman to... Trophy winner, and you win nine games and go to the Capital One Bowl. You're playing Illinois in the postseason. <laughs> like, do we think Saban really feels like he's going to lose Bryce Young? He has to fire Pete Golding. Like, I think yeah. clearly at this point, right? Like, not an option. Uh, and, and like Bill O'Brien probably has to. He probably has to do the Glenn Kevin thing with him and get him a job at some uh, conference USA school. Yeah. Like, yeah. Does he want to do it, this again? Is he, does, does he is really he, feel like it? Does he have the cholesterol to rebuild to remake the program again? Is it worth it, Nick? Maybe you should just give it some thought. Think about your think about your <laughs> wife. Think about you know spending more Mystery. time. Yes, yeah, think about spending more time at home. Think about you know you get to go out on the golf course on Saturdays. You don't have to you don't have to stand on the sidelines and be all stressed. You can just you can just hang out and enjoy the the you know the last in the the last. You're already the greatest. You're, you're the greatest, Nick. You've got a good, you've got a good twenty thirty years in front of you here. Just think about your future, Nick. It's time. It's time. You got You don't want to do all this. You don't want to fire Pete Golding. You love Pete Golding. He's like a son to you. Yeah. He's like a son with really bad hair that you don't like. You build. He's like this- a son that that puts a lot of stress in your family because you didn't think you have to take care of him like this and yeah. like. You didn't really, really when you when you had him as a kid, you didn't know kind of what would come with that, and yeah. um, the lifelong responsibility of taking care of someone like Pete Golding isn't really <laughs> planned for, and it's put it's put a lot of it's put a lot of stress on your marriage, and uh-huh. um, 
And, uh, and you certainly you know, didn't, set- you didn't realize that when Bill O'Brien introduced himself at your door and tell, told you the list that he's on, you didn't realize he was going to move in with you. You didn't think that that was what he was doing. And so you, you're really, <laughs> yeah, you're in a spot here. You just, you just let it all go. You can just, you know, go and get a hammer out of your toolbox and do what needs to be done and move <laughs> on with your life. Nobody's going to miss these guys, Nick. Nobody's going to go looking for Bill O'Brien. If you do what needs to be done, and you're in your own home, oh, you can claim. He's going to set up Bill. O- <laughs> he's going to set up Bill O'Brien for like a job interview at like Florida, at like Florida International or something like that. Yeah, and he's it's going to be like the scene in Goodfellas where it's getting made. <laughs> he's uh, made yeah, <laughs> he's going to walk in and see the uh, see the plastic on the floor, and just go oh motherfucker, and just uh, Nick just has to pop it right there and there. That's that's how he has to end it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> dude, Ellis, or I'm sorry, Bama's cooked, dude. Yeah, they're missing the playoffs two out of four years, right? Embarrassing. Uh, this is wouldn't, their wouldn't second be, time. It and, couldn't be me if I were there. It would have been different. That's all I'm saying. Second time in five seasons, they're gonna lose two games regular season. Uh, they're probably and also uh, Kevin pointed this out on our podcast, the uh, High Street Freaks for Ohio State fan. Go listen to it. Um, it that uh, it, it's gonna be. They're probably not gonna play a New Year's Six Bowl mm. uh, because. Uh, LSU, Tennessee, and Georgia are all going to finish ahead of them in the rankings, oh. which means they will almost certainly not get a New Year's Six spot, which means we're going to have Bama in like the Capital One Bowl or the Outback Bowl or something. Wonderful. Uh, which is really funny. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, what do you think the odds are that Bryce Young plays in that game? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're Bryce Young, like, honestly, the Why, funniest yep. thing that could happen here is that he should quit this week. Yeah. Why even keep playing? What's the point? You know that you're going to go number one or number two. Why? Why would you... <laughs> Why keep playing? They don't, have, they don't have anything to play for. Bryce, now we're talking to you. You can end this nightmare. You could just leave. You yeah. don't have to do this anymore. Are, what, are, are, you uh, you are you trying to get your degree, motherfucker? You don't need that shit. Just move out. You're, you can leave. You don't have to live in Tuscaloosa anymore. You're free. Dude, you know what's going to happen? What's that? They're, they're going to get Cade Clubman and transfer to Alabama, and they're going to hire an OC who's actually good. I they're going to hire Jeff Scott. They're going to hire Jeff Scott. Bring him home. No, they're, they're going to hire whoever, I don't know, uh, Sonny Dykes OC or something. How they're going to hire wait, someone. What if we can? What if we create the, the unholy uh, offensive coordinator uh, pairing, the unholy offensive coordinator partnership of Jeff Scott Frost? What do we think about that? Mm, okay okay how about this what if what if uh nick saban hires tom herman as oc okay that would be yeah that would be really bad <laughs> that would be really bad for me personally that, that would, would he would be, win a title again yeah would i would not, not have be, fun with that That would not be good uh for for me i would not like that um yeah that is that is really the nightmare scenario is that he realizes that he can just go out and get a quarterback from the transfer portal and that he's not actually yeah. stuck with the guys on his roster let's hope that he doesn't know that he probably doesn't know about the transfer portal right nick saban's not been super active <laughs> in the transfer portal um no, he'll be all yeah right. we're gonna pretend that we didn't think about that uh nc state 30 wake forest 21 we we were we, we were right uh mj morris is going to be the guy who gets all of the hype and then doesn't ever <laughs> deliver on it because he is killed in his senior season by a, uh, yeah. a train or something um he does enough to win the game here <laughs> wake forest jesus christ what a disappointing season for wake forest should be better than this don't know don't know why I, they're not better than this i, I do want to say I, I i told you so a little bit i, I was out of wake Forest's defense i mean i didn't think it'd be like this but the, the I, defense is just not the, good enough the defense is not good enough but also sam hartman is not playing well sam hartman has yeah. it's not been a good he never played well hartman. dude he was a career sub 60 percent passer with a lot of interceptions like he just yeah. had he just threw the ball a lot he yeah. just had counting stats. He's just running around. He was never that good. Yeah. Good yeah. win for NC State. This game, entirely unimportant. I have no I have no thoughts about this game. Did not watch it. Do not care. 
I don't care about either of these teams. They are not going to heaven. They are they have fallen out of Valhalla. I don't have any. I, I want to see I want to see NC State get to a ten win season. Mm-hmm. Um, the next two weeks they have Boston College at home and Louisville on the road to get to nine wins, then finish the season at North Carolina. Um, it'd be cool. It'd be cool to see them get to ten wins in the regular season for the second time ever in school history. Yeah. Um, I, I would like that. I think it'd be I think it'd be nice. Yeah, I'm sure that they won't fuck that up. SMU seventy seven, Houston sixty three. Uh, a lot of points. That's a lot of points to put on the board, I would say. A lot of uh, points. That's kind of the only <laughs> thought I really had in the game. I just want to, just want to, in case you guys missed that box score, Clayton Tune, 527 and seven touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, through the air. <laughs> Tanner Mordecai had nine passing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also one on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, these quarterbacks, yeah, they combined for eight. Team touchdowns to the two of them. I don't think um, that Houston has to worry about losing Doug Belk this offseason. I think they're probably going to mm-hmm. get to hold on to uh, to good old good old Doug Belk. Seems like maybe. Yeah. That's safe for your agenda on that one. Seventy-seven points. That's that's so many points. Seventy-seven points is so many fucking points. How do you do that? Houston scored sixty-three points and turned the ball over three times. What is going on out here? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! Houston had a sixty-three percent success rate in a game that it lost by two touchdowns. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's not good. It's not good. It's not what you want. Uh, San Diego State. Here's the exact opposite game. Here's some cold water. San Diego State fourteen, UNLV ten. Um, Jalen Maiden does enough offensively for San Diego State. They find two touchdowns both through the air. As I said last week, they've got a quarterback. He's good. He's capable. He's he is good enough. Um, he, uh, he has sort of returned them to relevance. The, the Mountain West Mountain still belongs at this point to Fresno State and will, unless it fucks up, but San Diego State has sort of rescued this season for itself by turning to Jalen Maiden and will be, if nothing else, at least a bowl team and I think competent by the end of the season. Uh, they're five and four right now. They end the year with San Jose State at home at New Mexico and Air Force to, uh, end the season at home. I think they can easily get to bowl eligibility. They will beat New Mexico, if nothing else. Uh, Jalen Maiden, good for him. Shout out to Jalen Maiden. That's pretty much all I have on this one. UNLV on the other side. Disappointing way that this season has unfolded for them with the way that it started. Uh, they now sit at 4-5. and five. They end the season with... They, they're, I think they probably could still get to a bowl game. Because they end the season, they get Fresno at home. Not going to win that one. But then they go to Hawaii and they get Nevada at home to end the year. I think they could... I think they can win those two and get to a bowl game. But it has been a disappointing end of the year for UNLV. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on the Mountain West game between San Diego State and uh, UNLV? Or do you want to move on to our last game here? Uh, I think we can move on to our final game, which is the Haters Special of the Week. Oh, yes. There is there is no game more delicious than we just saw here. Um, Florida State, our, one of our darlings, an, under, an underrated program, a mm-hmm. new blood um, fighting for relevancy in this, in this crazy world of college football. Um, took it to little old Miami 45 to three on the road, Patrick 45 to three, uh, Florida state threw the ball 16 times for 225 yards. Uh, they got anything they wanted against this defense. Uh, just embarrassing. Tyler Van Dyke got hurt in this one for Miami. That didn't really matter. It doesn't doesn't matter. (laughs) Does not, does not matter. That boy is hurt in every Uh, game. Does not matter. Three, three quarterbacks threw passes for Miami. Uh, one of them got hurt. Either threw two picks. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that's how the game went. Uh, Florida State ran the ball at will. They threw the ball at will. They got everything they wanted. Uh, they they just dominated this game, start to finish. Uh, this is embarrassing for for Miami and Mario Cristobal. Yeah. Um, 
horrifying. Like losing, I mean, losing to Florida State like this, getting blown out by Duke as well, losing to Middle Tennessee State, losing to AM. Uh, down the stretch here, they finish with Georgia Tech, Clemson, and Pitt. And they have to, those first two games are on the road, and they have to win two of those to get the bowl eligibility. They could very They're well not lose all three game. of those games. Yeah, they could absolutely lose every one of those. I would say they'd be games. dogs in all three, probably. Yeah, because they, I mean, it's not like they have beaten teams of Georgia Tech's quality with consistency this season. I would say that's not been, that's not been sure. something that Miami has done a whole their, lot of. Their year. only four wins are Virginia, Virginia Tech, Southern Miss, and Bethune. They, yeah, yeah, very funny, very, very funny collection of wins there. They got dog walked by Duke. Um, they needed four overtimes just to beat Virginia this last week, and then now this happens. Um, I think they could absolutely lose to Georgia Tech, and they're certainly not going to beat Clemson or Pitt. This is uh, this is a disaster. There's nothing else to say about it. We've said it before. Uh, it's a disaster. It's a it's an awful, awful, awful season from Miami. I don't know how they could have done worse, honestly. I think that this is about as bad as you could have possibly thought that they could do. Um, this was a team that I think reasonably people were thinking could be an ACC title contender this year. I don't think that was that sure. unfair in the in the really bad, you know, really bad division surrounding them. Like, I don't think it was that much to to ask for. No, return, returning quarterback, like, like top two running backs returning. Uh, they had a couple like high profile transfers at receiver, like defensive staff is insane. It's like a ton of former ha- head coaches and Royals award winners for the defensive coaching staff. Yeah. Uh, no reason to think they should have gotten the way it did. No, but no. ridiculous. Um, that that's, the, that's and, the Mario Cristobal promise. Yeah. Ridiculous that four and eight is a realistic possibility for this, this roster. It's Jesus. What a nightmare. What a nightmare season for them. Florida state probably going to win out. However, on the other side of this and nine and three, great, great for them. Um, I uh, I don't know. I like Mike Norvell. I I, under, I know that we have tried to take his job on several occasions, but I have no issue with Mike Norvell. It seems like he's pretty good at what he does. Uh, good yeah. season for them. Big win there. Ryan, anything else yeah. from Week 10? I mean, also here? really quick here, if their only losses come to Wake Forest, NC State, and Clemson in a three-game stretch, then yeah. like that's a... All pretty close games, I think you'd be pretty too. happy. Yeah, exactly. All close games. You'd be pretty happy about how this is developing if you're Florida State, right? Like, I think he's clearly... Assuming he wins out and doesn't blow one of these last three weeks... I think he has clearly bought himself another year. Yeah. Um, maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe if Deion wants to come, you, you think about it, but that's about it. I think this is pretty much, they're going to hang on to him. Yeah. Um, I would assume. Good on them, dude. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. Them. Given where they've been, it's hard to fire somebody from going nine and three. That would be, that's optimistic. Yeah. I'll see recruiting. I guess I should check that. I'm curious to see how the recruiting class looks. Hard to say. Um, Impossible to know for sure. There's no. They are currently 19th in the country. Okay. Well. Got to get a little better. Got to get a little better than that. But, but you know, yeah. there's room to grow. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, yeah. I, I don't have anything else to say on, on, on Florida State and on this, uh, this week. Fun week of games. Fun evening of games. Especially the haters were... Uh, overdosing. We were we were we were going blind, uh, smoking the Dabo and Nick Saban combination pack. One of the most powerful packs we have ever experienced as college football viewers. Yeah. Uh, and folks, it's crazy we had to, we had to smoke up on Dabo and Nick Saban, and and they it wasn't even including the number one team also losing on the same night. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It, it really it's uh, God this season. It's a haters ball. This season has been so fucking good. What a good season yeah, and of I college know, football. I, I know I don't think you watched it too. We didn't cover it in the recap, but like USC almost lost the cow also. Yeah, they really they, tried uh, to. They they gave it a they yeah. gave it the old college try for sure. 
if that would have been capped off by like a 2.30 Eastern time uh, USC loss as the clocks were changing, yeah. oh boy, that would have been great. That yeah. would have been fantastic. I think we'll still, we, we still have a chance for USC to provide one of those. They like to, they like to do one of those every season, and so I'm still I'm holding out hope that they can give us one this year. Um, it's so funny what Alex Grinch is doing there. You you gotta you gotta love it. You gotta respect what Alex did Grinch you, is did doing. Did you see his post game quote? No, what did uh, he say? Crazy uh, that they made him available there. to the media. Also, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't uh, the, personally. The I here, wouldn't do that. The headline here is uh, Alex Grinch offers brutal self self assessment after Cal game. Let me get the exact quote up. Okay. Um. Uh. Hang on here. Sorry, this is a great podcast, and I know yeah, this is this is uh, Alex Grinch podcast. after <laughs> after a rough second half where USC got twenty eight points. It's coaching. <laughs> We obviously got to do a better job. We've done a good job in the second half of the past. We didn't even come close tonight. Um, he said, thank God, after the win. Uh, was one of the things here. There were more quotes. I'm, uh, okay. Uh, oh, oh, here's a really good one. Uh, when asked about the struggles on third down stops, Grinch said, I feel like we were unsuccessful on first and second downs, too. <laughs> That's so good, Oh, dude. my God. Alec Grinch getting a furious voicemail from his agent in the middle of the press conference. <laughs> dude, stop. Stop, please. I'm trying as hard okay. as I can to get you a coaching job. Please stop saying oh. this. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's truly that meme of, like, you know, the soldier standing in front of the sleeping baby <laughs> with the knives and grenades. And the unbelievable if you're that man's agent you have to like i'm done i can't do this anymore alex i'm sorry i can't do this shit anymore i can't (laughs) bro i'm crying i have tears (laughs) that dude is putting in an unbelievable amount of effort for one of the worst coaches in college football it's (laughs) what a miserable job I'm the this guy who so needs good. to try and make Alex Grinch a head coach, and then every week you have to turn on the TV and watch him give up 35 points to fucking Cal. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, what a they, if I recall correctly, they didn't get a stop in that game in the second half. Oh, um, awesome. Maybe in the first half too. Let me just let me just pull up the game. This is the last thing we do. Yeah, uh, and then I'll let you guys get out of here. Just pulling up the uh, game chart really quick. Uh, let's see. It's um, it was bad. Cal. Cal punted if okay they they forced one stop in the second half cool. uh, so congratulations to USC on that yeah yeah <laughs> allowed a uh, allowed four consecutive touchdown drives to to out to end the game uh-huh. uh, after taking a, a twenty seven to seven lead um, just really really nasty work from from USC yeah. yeah these guys are terrible I'm I'm very uh, fondly remembering the off-season excitement from USC fans about reuniting Bryson Shaw with the coach who recruited him. It's going to fix both of them. It will make them both better yeah. that they will that they will be back together. It seems like it's going really well for them there. All right, cool. You can uh, you know where to find all of our shit. We'll see you guys for the premium show, which will be a little bit later this week because of uh, it's very busy time of year right now. Yeah, and we, also, got, we got stuff going on. Yeah, Don't we, worry we've about got uh, we've got stuff to do. We're busy. We'll simply we'll do it later. Um, but that will be out later this week, as will the watch list as usual uh so subscribe to meet at midfield meet at midfield.com code elon for eight dollars a month on your subscription rather than 12.99 or if you're feeling really generous just subscribe at the regular amount that's more money for us and that's uh, something that we're very much into we like having more money i would say uh, than than less money is better uh, and that's it we'll we'll see you guys on the next one whichever the next one is for you <laughs> great work pat thank you <laughs>